0: It all begins with this gate Drive! Hello everyone, welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast, your home for everything motocross, supercross, and dirt bike related. I am Steve, joined as always by Jesse. What's up Jesse? I am doing pretty damn good. I got to say, I'm pretty glad to hear that. And we got a, a whole list of things to talk about today. So wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time we upload a new show. Also, don't forget to check out our website, www.power2theground.com to, to check out for giveaways, merch, and other exclusive web content coming soon. We got some other cool things coming down the pipeline for the website. Be a good friend. Share this with your buddies so that they can enjoy all this Supercross content and enjoy the season to its fullest. And I think that about covers it.
1: Jug Club. Don't forget about Jug Club. And don't
0: forget about Jug Club. Hop over to the website again, power the number 2 theground.com. Hop on Jug Club now while you can get all the best deals for Jug Club. Um, we are going to get to our 250 and 450 reviews. But we got some things we need to discuss first about this broadcast yes and uh one of the things we've the theme of this podcast has just been kind of tearing apart coverage of this sport (laughs) and you know in the off season it was about lack of availability for content in general here it's a little bit more pointed to the broadcast themselves yes and first of all is a schedule so they didn't air the races live last night unless you had the nbc gold pass correct is that have that correct that is correct yep so um my dad
1: actually is the one who told me about it yesterday i said you know i asked him if he wanted to come over and watch the races and he was like well the races aren't on tonight and i was like uh well i have nbc sports gold so uh, i can watch all of the races live and then he informed me that they the the TV schedule isn't actually airing those. And we're we're recording this on Sunday, uh, right now at noon. So you guys aren't uh, if you don't have NBC Sports Gold, you're you not going to be. You yet. can't even watch the races for another two hours. So why? It's the first Triple Crown of the year, which is the the events that they really want to push as like the big events of the year um why aren't you scheduling it for
0: live broadcast and then you know the other problem you run into never mind just completely giving the middle finger to actual fans who maybe can't afford or just don't have nbc gold pass and just wanted to watch it live like any other broadcast um is the spoilers yeah. so I mean your your actual website your your supercross website uh, the racer X's of the world um, our Facebook our Facebook yeah all live uh, posting live results yeah so if you even remotely like if you follow racer X or, or supercross or us on on like Facebook you were getting the results without being able to watch the races now you know obviously that's there's a lot of sides to that but that's not how you should be broadcasting no, it's your sport. No, compl- it's completely counterproductive. Can you imagine if the Super Bowl was being played? All right, Super Bowl is a bad example, but even a regular season NFL game, Monday night football was being played by two teams and they didn't broadcast it live and you had to wait till Tuesday night to watch it? It'd be ridiculous. So the the sport, the broadcast
1: of the sport is meant to push for the sponsors. Now, in this particular situation you've got the race is happening the night before and you've got all of these places that are give, are throwing out spoilers because that's what they do. They report on the sport. Now you've got a bunch of people, you're an almost entire audience who already knows what the results are. How many of you, how many people that actually saw the results do you think are actually going to watch the... So sponsors, if you actually want to get your your products and services in front of the eyeballs of, of these, of this audience. Don't let that happen anymore.
0: Yeah. So, I, and I'll say right now, if it wasn't for, and i love the sport and I would probably at some point, maybe go back and watch some recaps or highlights or something. But if it wasn't for the fact that I do this podcast weekly and want to have, you know, a fresh um, and watch the full races and have some good in-depth, you know, knowledge of what happened. If I woke up this morning having not been able to watch the races last night, scrolled through my Facebook and got all the spoilers, there's a very good chance that if we weren't doing this, I wouldn't be watching the races. I'd go do other productive things because it's a Sunday. Right. And uh go on with, oh cool. So Roxanne swept the Roxen swept the four fifties on the and the triple crown. Awesome. Good for him. Wonder where Tomac finished. Second. Okay, cool. Well don't need to watch that. Right. So it's it's terrible for viewing. And now look, if part of the reason they pushed it to Sunday was because viewership Would be better on Sunday. Sunday's a better day to... I mean, Saturday night's rough. Like, I I still don't think that they should be having these races on Saturday night in general. So, if Sunday's a better day to broadcast this, then put the races back on Sunday. Right. It's a better day for the sport in general.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's something that I was thinking about. Thinking about these riders, depending on where the races are, they might not be getting on their bike until... Well, last night they were West Coast It started at nine. So they were they actually got a, a fairly early start, but they're riding their bikes until like eleven thirty at night.
0: Right. So now you if you switch that up, you can do maybe a practice session Saturday, uh, kind of like the outdoors used to do. Right. You do kind of your practice sessions, maybe some qualifiers on one day and then the next morning you have some warm up practices um, and then you start going with your event like early afternoon. Everything's wrapped up by six, right? And more people watch, right? Because people, you know, do things on Saturday night, and you want a younger fan base, you want a more engaged fan base. Well, that younger fan base is probably out doing stuff on Saturday night. Um, I, I just if if the reason you did this is because you want more viewers on Sunday, then we need to move to change the schedule so the races right. are on Sunday, which is a better option anyway. But if you're not going to do that. You need to broadcast this live. That was awful. Yeah. So let's not beat down
1: this. The, I mean, This is a dead horse, so let's not beat
0: it too hard. It is an absolutely dead horse. The other part of the broadcast that... Um, well, last night, Ralph came back. Ralph came back. I know he has a lot of fans in the community. Um, let me just say, as somebody who has at various times in my life been in multimedia and broadcasting and paid very close attention to different uh, types of broadcast media, Ralph is not good at his job.
1: He is awful. He's like one
0: of the worst broadcasters
1: that... The The only person off the top of my head that I can think of that's a worse broadcaster than Ralph is Ricky. And there's a problem there because both of them are broadcasters at this point and up until this point ricky was doing fine because he had somebody in the booth with him to that, facilitate to, to facilitate him and keep him on topic and um and everything was going absolutely fine for those of you who don't have broadcast experience what i want you to do is if you're watching if you're watching the races going forward with ralph i want you to compare and contrast a broadcaster in an NFL booth and, and the, and Ralph in the Supercross booth. And I want you to pay attention to one thing. And that is dead air. Dead air is when nobody is talking during the broadcast. It is an absolute no, no in
0: broadcasting. It is one of the biggest taboos in broadcasting. Yeah. Like when you, when we were going to school, we were taking those radio classes, like dead air, any amount, you get fired, any amount, like you will lose your job right. for dead air.
1: And, Last night, there was so much dead air. It was like
0: 50-50. It was 50-50 dead air and speaking. And even worse than the dead air. I don't want to say worse. Dead air is terrible. Um, But just as bad as the dead air is that when Ralph was saying things. and So we're talking about when there's not, like, maybe there's no passes going on. Maybe things are kind of settled down a little bit. Um, It is their job to keep the conversation engaging and uh, fresh because there's not a lot going on. It's like a boring football game, right? Like three runs and a punt, three runs and a punt, three runs and a punt. It is still your job to bring an interesting conversation, maybe some analysis. Now, Ricky has the ability to bring some really good analysis to the table. He's the greatest motocross rider of all time. He obviously has that ability, but he needs somebody to point him in that direction. Um, Ralph does not do that. Ralph says, you know, Malcolm Stewart's on rail. You know, he's really pushing tonight as he's getting caught from behind. And then he'll have dead air like that. And then he'll talk about how Malcolm's finished in the last minute and that shit. And now while they're talking about Malcolm who's sitting in seventh and there's nothing going on, there's a battle for second going on.
1: Right. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm sitting there screaming at my TV watching the, 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 the gap between first and second shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And I'm looking at 13th place for some reason, because I, I don't know. he, his daughter took his first her his first her first step this week, and you're still focusing on thirteenth. Meanwhile, there's a battle in first, and I'm like, "What
0: <laughs> is yeah. happening right now?" So, and one of the things we talked about was, um, I want more analysis, like strategic analysis of what's going on in the race, right? So, you know, maybe having like these time che- hacks at like the beginning and the end of certain straightaways. Um, and when two riders go through, you can look at their time hacks and say, wow, this rider took this rhythm and it was a half a second faster, a quarter of a second faster, whatever it was faster. And it seems to be a consistent theme that this rhythm is faster. I wonder if these other riders are going to pick up on that rhythm. And if they can start doing that, then maybe they can start making, pa-. that's the kind of analysis that we need during this broadcast. Not, well, you know, um, he's in six and it looks like he's making moves and then dead air for 30 seconds. And then, yup. So he's really riding well. He looks good tonight. I swear to God, if he says whatever rider looks good one more time, or is feeling good, or is feeling good. Oh yeah, so that was the joke, right? <laughs> you know, so let's let's go down to Daniel. Well, you know, I talked to Rox, and he said he's feeling really good tonight. He's excited about the race. Cool, thanks, Ricky. Oh, Ricky said, oh, you know, I talked to Tomac and he also said he's feeling really good tonight. You know, it's like, what, dude? Come on. So give me something more than that. And we got it from one person. One person. There's one. There's
1: one light in the darkness. Will. Will and that smile.
0: <laughs> so, listen. And that accent. Uh, it, it, obviously, Will is an, an incredibly attractive uh, woman. She is also better at her job. Than anybody else on that broadcast right. team it like, was it far was far and away
1: what i said was it would be like if tomac went out and raced with the kids on the 50s last night that's, that's how much better she that's is.
0: how <laughs> she makes the rest of the broadcast team look she asks pointed questions the right questions i mean yeah she'll do a little bit of the celebratory hey just tell us how you felt out there yeah. and let the writer go that's that's fine there's other issues with those post interviews and the sponsors um but the the analysis of the gate picks with Tomac. With Tomac, she said, "Listen, I talked to the crew. Tomac has stuck with this gate, and the reason he stuck with this gate was that it offered him a safer option from uh, to prevent him from getting squeezed down the stretch. It's a longer straightaway. It's a longer start than normal, so he picked the inside gate, and that protected him from getting squeezed on either side. Roxin went in the exact opposite direction." Awesome. Give me more of that. Yes. More will is always a good thing. Put her in the booth. She needs to be. She just uh, needs honestly, to be in the she booth.
1: needs to be in the booth. It's like you when, in college football, you know, in college football, a lot of the times, the best athlete on the team ends up being the quarterback. And the reason they do that is because they want the best athlete on their team to have the football in their hands the most amount... If they can possibly have it.
0: Will needs to be on air more than anybody else. Yes. Will
1: needs to have a ball in her hands at all times.
0: When when Forkner made that move, <laughs> okay, try to avoid it. When Forkner uh, was at week one, he made like a, a, a oh, the penalty. Remember he caught the track? Yeah. And like- you know, most people kinda of dance around that, blah, blah, blah. Nope, she went right out and said, What were you thinking? You just cut off the track. And he right. was like not ready for the question because He's it was stammered. So, he right. was uh blah, uh uh So um So, in general, and I feel bad, I meant to look it up and write it down. Uh the 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 guy who did the the play by play for the first I few can't, weeks. Can't of remember the his name. Um please bring him back. Yeah. And then have Ricky go down to the back down to the side where he used to be right. with Daniel who does fine. Daniel's not great. He's not terrible. He just is. And the sideline guys is what we'll call them. You know, the the um the foot soldiers down there, they don't have to be super. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, I talked to this guy. This is what he said. Most of the time it's, we feel good or this or this or that. Sometimes you get some interesting stuff. Like we tweaked the bike. The suspension was really tight. Gave me more of that. Fine. Put Ricky back down there. Let Ricky do the interviews. Cause he knows what it's like to be on that podium. He can ask like the right questions. Um, and then get Will up in the booth, not with Ralph because he's terrible, but with the 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 guy who we're going to have to look it up when, um, so we can bring it up next week. Yeah. I feel bad now. Uh, but the, with the guy who did the first three weeks with Will in the booth, that broadcast would get at least 75% better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was night and day, night and
0: day from last week to this week. Right, because we're talking about it this week. Right. That's how you know there's a difference. Yep. We haven't had to really mention it the first three nope. weeks. Yep. Needs to change. Yeah, I think that's about it, man. That's, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to. I don't want to beat this.
1: I don't want to again. This is a dead horse that I don't want to beat too much. Um,
0: well, yeah, if we bring at, it the, up enough, maybe enough people will catch on and we can see some changes. But yeah. that Ralph does have his fans out there who are kind of clamoring for him to come back. Uh, I would just ask why, right, <laughs> to those people. And if, so. if
1: for you guys out there listening, if if you have a, a different opinion or if you see what we're seeing, please let us know. We've got a chat section on the on the the website you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram DM us comment on whatever it is that we're posting let us know cuz again this is a recurring theme that you and I talk about um it, because it it's something that needs to be talked about um yeah. the sport is unrefined it is very yeah. very unrefined they treat it like monster jam like you said yep. um and it's a professional sport it's not just a a, a fire and brimstone
0: jump crashes you know with all that it's st- not x games it's not evil knievel jumping no. 30 th- you know that's that's a spectator like ooh, cool ha okay it's over like no this is a sport this man. is these a serious train sport. right these athletes uh have have coaching and they make tweaks in their strategy involved there's skill involved it's not just going really fast over a jump these guys need to have incredible amounts of skill and endurance and athleticism and they take it it a professional sport you need to treat it as such right they
1: take it seriously and unfortunately the organization doesn't take it seriously and because of that I don't think they take their fans seriously, and they need to be held accountable for that, and that's what we're trying to do here. Yes,
0: and we're going to get into the fan thing uh, probably next week. Uh, We talked a little bit about that, like treating your fans like actual you know, knowledgeable people and not like dumb people who don't care about the sport. A lot of us do absolutely care about the sport. So um, the other last thing before we get into our reviews, which obviously we're going to spend more time on, but— I thought that uh, the, whoever was in charge, tr- I don't know if it's like a stadium officials or if it's people who travel with the organization that does all this stuff. But they were really kind of trigger happy last night with the red flags. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't want to criticize the first one too, too much because that, that looked like it might have been pretty serious. Yeah. Um, but then I think after that when they were like, oh, we can just do that. Okay. And it ended up, blow st- had a wrist injury. Meaning he could have gotten up and literally walked off the track. Have right. some track officials grab his bike and pull it off the track. He's fine. Um, at the very most, you could have done one of the the medical flag roll through, like, hey, roll through this section. Do not jump. Remember when gang uh, got charged last year for jumping through a roll section? Yeah. Why would he was on the side of the track? It's not like he was in the middle. Um, again, it was a wrist injury, so when they ran over, hey, are you okay? He's like, ah, my wrist, my wrist. Okay, cool, can you get up? We're going to yellow flag it. We're going to med flag it so they roll through. But can you get up? Maybe help them up, walk them off, blah, blah, blah. That second one was absolutely, completely unnecessary. And I think as much as I would want them to focus on player, player, rider safety, (laughs) um, it's obviously paramount. It's better to err on the side of caution most of the time, but I just thought they were too trigger happy yesterday.
1: Yeah, and it, it was like a bad, it was like a bad refing staff. It, it changed the, it changed several outcomes last night. Because yeah. I, of it.
0: I think Tomac wins that second main. Yeah. Um, I, I, as much as Roxanne was was awesome yeah. last night, um, Tomac was still fast and he kept up with him for that whole first. I think Tomac wins that second one had they d- not done the restart.
1: But we should definitely get more into that.
0: Once we get to that, so let's jump into the two fifties now. Two fifties. So, um, first of all, the triple crown is an awesome event. Yes, uh, I, I don't think I, I've said it before. I don't want it all season, um, but I definitely like you know having every couple of couple of races doing the triple crown. Um, Justin Cooper did not look good last night.
1: No, yeah, I mean he had he had a rough night. Uh, even before fr- the races. yeah before the races i mean he crashed pretty hard in the sand section in practice um he was down for a while they they stopped practice because he went down so hard um he just and from that point on basically up until the last main he didn't really get he couldn't really Get his feet underneath him.
0: Now, credit to him for salvaging what he could in that last main. I think he understood that there was still a chance, had he take, you know, if he takes a first in that last main to salvage some points, he ended up finishing ninth in the overall. So, you know, that's better than he was probably back in 17th or 18th up to that point because he, you know, was so bad in those first two. And he started off great in that second one before he went down. It looked like he was going to just speed to that win. So, kind of handed Austin Forkner. Uh, the overall, I think, yesterday because I think of of all the other riders, Justin Cooper had the potential to have the speed to keep up with them. Uh, Fernandez looked okay. You know, two 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 is not a bad night right. either. So, um, but oh, I just, Cooper Cooper had the potential with
1: races with race speed and starts, which is something that Fernandez didn't have last night. That was the that was the the biggest <clears throat> the biggest problem last night. Fernandez was was riding faster than Forkner in um the first and second main um
0: well third too but Forkner didn't really push the right third one
1: um yeah that's true uh the the problem was that Ferrandis started further back and that's something that Ferrandis does it's the you know he's got the Tomac syndrome
0: well it's funny i was going through my notes from last week's race and one of my notes was ferrandis starts are terrible Yeah, and that was last week so it's just definitely a consistent theme he's one of those riders if he can figure his starts out it's going to be really tough to beat because he is absolutely fast, but he can't start. Forkner's got great starts.
1: Yeah, Forkner's um, got great starts, and unfortunately, he's for everybody else who he's racing against. He's getting really, really confident.
0: He's hot right week. now. Yeah. He is definitely hot. Um, he he's really come on strong. Almost. I mean, he probably could have had the sweep last night. Yeah. Had he pushed a little bit harder in that last main. Um, I think once Ferrandis got him. Instead of pushing back, and he realized it didn't matter. He saw that Cooper and Francis were in front of him. He had it locked up. He obviously didn't push, and he kind of said so in the in the interview. He did. He yep. could, but he could have easily swept last night. So he's definitely kind of finding his groove and finding his confidence, which puts Justin Cooper on notice.
1: Yeah, it should put everybody on notice because he, I mean, he's made some mistakes. Um, I mean, he finished. 18th in Anaheim one, 26th in St. Louis, and took a six last. Uh, I'm sorry, no, these are the point totals. I'm sorry, the documentation that we are so it was awesome last week. The 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 documents that I'm looking at for point standings here it's completely different. is completely different. He got 18 points in Anaheim one and 26 points because he won St. Louis, and he only got six points last week in Anaheim two. And then in twenty six points and, this week because he won.
0: Uh, Forkner did.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so he is he is he's put himself in bad positions for two out of the four weeks, which is why he is digging himself out of a hole. Um, but he's
0: not that far back at this point. He's
1: ten points back from Cooper in first. Right. Um, and he is the first. He's the first two fifty, um, uh, multiple winner. Yep. Now,
0: so. Yep, confidence is high. He's yep. in a groove. Um Ferrandis is slowly creeping up on on Cooper not too. Now with another second here, um he's only 3 points back yep. of Cooper. So, I, if Justin Cooper doesn't get his act together really quick and he's been really consistent, you know, relatively consistent all season. We talked about that, you know, champions are consistent. Uh they can minimize their mistakes. Uh he was not able to do that for 2 out of the 3 races last night and now he's got Fernandes nipping at his heels only three points back so he really needs to have a solid race next week
1: yeah I Cooper he's consistent last night was to me was an anomaly I don't I don't think we're gonna see very much of that from him this year Uh, he took you know first second second and then eighth Last night, I, I couldn't tell you because I can't find the official results from last night. <laughs> yeah, it like ninth. He gross. ended up ninth, ninth overall last night. So he
0: went one, two, two, and then nine. So, I mean, you're right. It's definitely an anomaly. Maybe a triple crown is one of those events that might not be his event. Um, he definitely started the day off rough. and yeah. We all know confidence. So if his confidence was already shot and then the first moto happens and the second moto happens it, it or main event. So... I think he bounces back next week for sure and he needs to because now the you know Ferrandis is on a roll and Forkner is absolutely starting to pick things up let's talk about the hero of the day ah, heart, raft. Our heart
1: raft so he's still in third place which is awesome yep he is uh he's one point up on Austin Forkner and he's nine points back from first place so very much still in the championship hunt now I don't know what it is about this guy that is just so alluring to me. I don't know if it's because he's just so aloof or I don't know what it is. He he definitely has
0: a very dungey esque. I wouldn't say moose skin, um, as far as his riding style. It's a very uh just technically sound nothing too aggressive nothing too crazy he's not gonna gas it and at crazy points just to make up time he's gonna just ride his race no matter who's around him if he needs to make a pass he'll make a pass if he gets past he gets past he's just gonna ride his race and it's it's really interesting to see um his lap times his lap
1: times throughout a main his first lap is the exact same lap time as his last lap which i'll be honest they're not blazing fast lap times but if you're racing against people who start off um, three seconds faster than you on a lap time and then end up five seconds slower than you in a lap time, that works out pretty well for you.
0: He actually almost podiumed again last night. A um, little bit rough on the first two mains, ended up having a sol- much more solid finish in the in the last main Uh, Moseman just had a really good night last night. And once he made those last few passes in the last main, kind of stole that. So he's only one point out of a podium, right? So his last three races have been third, third, fourth, which is solid. It's consistent. Those are, we've talked about consistently stay on the podium. If you can't podium, keep it top five. And you're going to be in the hunt at the end of the year, because the guys who are gunning it for first go down and have rough finishes like ninth, 10th and 11th. Forkner and Cooper have both done it. Ferrandez has probably been more consistent, but his starts have buried him in the pack. So Hart and Raph starts great and then just stays up there. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. That's That's all you got to do. That's going to keep him in the hunt for a decent amount of time.
1: Yeah. As long as he, if he just stays consistent, all of these other guys, I'm telling you, man, Forkner, Forkner's due for, for a big crash here. Like any, any week now. So all he's going to do is stay at a safe distance behind Forkner, wait for him to crash and get past him. I mean, same, same thing for a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys. I think the only, the only person, the only other person in this, um, in this entire lineup that I'm confident that I'm not just like, all right, when's he going to crash is Cooper. Cooper. And it happened last night. And I, I unless that's the start of a new trend, I don't think that. I think he's matured to to
0: entirely about. too much over the course of the past year for that to be a trend. I think he learns from this. I think he, you know, puts it behind him and he moves on. He looked really frustrated last night, but I think his team kind of talks him down. It's like, listen, it's one race. Get back out there, get a podium next week. you are going to be fine. Um, I think Hartenraft, heart, heart raft, heart ramped, heart ramped, heart raft. Let's just say heart raft, heart man. Yeah. Um, he could. The the one thing I would like to see from him. Um, because now I am actively rooting for him as well. Yeah, me too. Uh, is to be a little bit more difficult to pass. His starts are great, right? He's he's right up there every race. He starts up there and he usually ends up finishing up there. But what I saw last night was when someone was going to make the pass, it was like, okay, see you later, bud. Right, <laughs> especially in the case. And I, I that's the other thing is like I, I might I might
1: be thinking too far into this, but I wonder how much of that is who it is that's passing him. Because last night, I mean, I think we made that observation when Forkner blew by him and then Ferrandis blew by him. And I'm wondering what's going through his head at that point. He's like, those two dudes are going to mess each other up. I'm going to stay out of their
0: way and I'm just going to let it happen. I I mean, I love that about him, but you can't rely on that, right? Because that's going to end up hurting you because those guys aren't going to go down every single week. Um and just to give a little bit of a er you know somebody tries to pass you make him feel it make him fight for it make him work for it i right. think just it was just too easy to pass him yesterday once you did catch him and i just uh, maybe maybe that's something he kind of learns down there in the 250s watching these guys ride watching uh mosiman who every single time somebody passed him he had a immediately had a went back at him yeah Every every single pass that we saw between Faulkner, Ferrand, it didn't matter who it was. He got passed, and it didn't always work. It didn't always stick, but he immediately went back for the pass back. He either made the pass again, like he did on Ferrandis a couple of times, yep. and then Ferrandis had to pass him again, or he tried, attempted, it didn't work, and then the guy gapped him, but he tried. He had that fire, that fight. Yeah. And if I could see Hartman do a little bit of that, like, oh, you passed me? I don't think so. Right. It'd be really good for him, I think.
1: I agree. I it's good. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. yeah, we know.. Yeah. <laughs> we know Ralph, that's why we're watching. <sighs> so, but I, I do want to see where he ends up in this championship hunt because I mean we do we have three really good riders here. We've got Justin Cooper, Dylan Ferrandis, and Austin Fork guys. We knew we were going to be contending for the championship. But with that said, all well, two of those three guys are just spark plugs and could just blow at any point. And we have no idea when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. Um, so it, it,
0: I'm I'm really looking forward to see where Heartraft falls in that. I think if he can slide into a top three by the end of the season for championship points, I'd be an incredible story that they're probably not going to talk about very right. much, but we will absolutely.
1: Cover yeah. We'll that. make sure that we, that we spotlight that for sure.
0: <laughs> so, uh, got anything else for the 250s? I think that, you know, that triple crowns are a little bit different, so it's kind of tough. Uh, Forkner was solid, obviously, all night. Yep. Ferrandis was solid all night, and Cooper had a rough night, and I think that the standings reflect that.
1: Yep. Um, Christian Craig had another rough night.
0: Um, <sighs> what is luck for that guy? Oh, my God. I, 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 I even mentioned at one point, like, at what point do you say, you know what, I'm just going to sit back for a little bit take this time off get my head back together because I don't think he's riding with any level of confidence right now and how can you right I
1: mean, he scored a total of eight points towards the championship in the last three
0: weeks I think I think he needs to um voluntarily kind of just I'm not saying maybe not race but take it easy yeah you know uh, what I mean just just get out there and like just get some confidence back right. I haven't seen
1: uh, the injury report. I'm not sure actually what happened to him. Um,
0: We'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, we'll have to take a look at that. You know, maybe that's a good excuse. If it's not a season it's not a serious one. Maybe it's a good excuse for him to take some time off. Because right. Because I think uh, he, it's in his head now. Yeah. You know, after the first time, man, yeah, we'll see what happens. He still tried to come back strong, and then the second time, oh man, now it's starting to get to him. And then the Ferrandis taking him out. I think finally it was just like, this is not your season, dude. Right. This, and and at what point in your head do you just start waiting? And for it's, that awful. To it's awful. It's
1: awful because he looked great last night, yeah. especially through the whoops. Nobody in the two fifties is taking the whoops better than Christian Craig no he was great yeah he was
0: and that was a deciding factor yeah last night for a, for a lot of these was the whoops I even said so coming into it you had mentioned like hey there's a really long whoop section at this track and it was like way longer than normal and my first statement was that favors at least in the 450s Roxan and Tomac right because they're great through the whoops um, sure enough one two <laughs> um
1: 16 16 whoops in that whoop section
0: yeah that was crazy that track was weird it wasn't I don't think it was as bad I liked the layout of the track yep um but it definitely was a little bit more dangerous than I think it needed to be it took a lot of guys out last yeah it was and slippery.
1: I, most of it yeah it was slippery I think most of it had to do with the speed though um the start I don't so we're gonna be uploading this Monday morning. So hopefully you guys have seen the races by the time you listen to this. If not, then uh, let's, we'll try spoiler to, alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, or we'll, we'll try to, you know, draw a mental picture for you. So, so there was a huge, huge uh, hole shot in this race. It's a hundred, it was 144 yard. So a football field and a half long start to the first turn. Um, even that turn was a really wide turn. It was a really wide turn. They did a good job of, of designing it, making sure that there was enough room for all of the riders to get through there. But 144 yards, you can pick up a lot of speed in there. You Um, have to pick up a lot of speed. Right. And it was, um, that was pretty much, I would say the theme of the track is the fact that they, they designed it for speed. It was not quite to the point of like Daytona because Daytona is just Daytona might as well be a flat track.
0: Oh, I love watching Daytona. Daytona's fun, especially so with, fun especially
1: with the carts, the the cart shots that they oh, have going so, down. So yeah, riding down the street. Yeah.
0: Get the, anyway. So <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But um yeah, the theme of the night was speed. And I they tried to play into it with the uh, um with the whoop section, which like I said was sixteen whoops long. Normally they're like five, maybe six long.
0: I think eight on the longer ends you know you're I mean? right
1: so we're talking twice as long as a long <laughs> whoop section um yeah it was it was a pretty cool it was a it was a pretty cool layout though uh i enjoyed the track overall i don't think it it put anybody too much in harm's way any
0: any more or less than an average it was better than would. both anaheim's oh for sure so it, it's yeah up there so i mean not quite as good as the uh St. Louis track, which is still by far the best track so far, but it was, it was, it was all right. But Uh, because, because that whoop section
1: was so long, that was the deciding factor. You, if you were bad
0: through the whoops,
1: you You were losing
0: time. you were losing time. So, um, speaking of being good in the whoops, we're going to get to the 450s, um, which I thought was really, really interesting, especially with those red flags. So, uh, why don't we take a break and when we come back, we'll hit the 450s. We suck at predictions. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I, I just, I was just looking, um, at, at our predictions from last week, which we, we will get to, um, we are bad at this.
1: Yeah. We're uh, not good.
0: So we might bring in some help, uh, as far as predictions go. I mean, Roxanne, he is, he's looking like Roxanne again. Yeah. And it's been a long time since we've been able to say that, um, he is fast. He is smooth. He's so good in those whoop sections. Um, and he's matured a lot, which I think really helped. So not only did the win two weeks ago help him, um, but, you know, he swept last night. And besides the restart stuff, which we can get to, it really wasn't even close. Like, once he got out front, there was no doubt. If, I mean, when he was even close to the front, there was kind of no doubt. Except for
1: the—I the, mean, the first main, for like the first three quarters of, of main one, that was exactly what you want to see out of a race. You had— uh Roxen and tomac right up front with tomac nipping at his heels for like three quarters and of completely the
0: main. unable to make the pass yeah. it was so good because you were just waiting for it because he would close the gap and you're like oh here it comes he's gonna make the pass he's faster and then tomac would just fall back and Roxin would gap him a little bit and you're like wait a second is Roxin actually faster right this is great they were running almost the same pace for yeah. all of that race it was
1: a it, it, I think I said it it was like a rock in a hard place like nobody could get any advantage at all. Like, they were just at a dead... Uh, if, if it was the reverse, if Tomac was in front, I feel like it would have been the exact same thing.
0: Which is why the first red flag really, really didn't do Tomac any favors. Because um, he started out front that time. Yeah, And to- and Roxon wasn't far behind, so he was likely going to end up in second. I don't know that either of them had enough of an edge to pass, like you said. So Tomac probably takes that second uh, main event. Um, although you know, looking at the final results, it probably would have finished the same one, you know, one-two, Rox and Tomac. But at least Tomac would have had a main event win in there.
1: Well, here's here. I don't know that the it would have because here's there's a really good chance one that Tomac would have gotten one win, and there's a really good chance that Anderson would have gotten a win last night. That's true. Night. He looked great in that last one. So that those last, those red I mean. flags really changed the outcome of the entire night. I feel.
0: Yeah. It uh. It was very very frustrating. And again you can't say too much because you want to err on the side of caution with rider safety. Right. It's obviously paramount. We've seen what happens to guys like Roxon if, you know, with injuries happen. Yes. It was just, it was just too much. It was too trigger happy yesterday. Yeah. I, I think, um, they could have at least given it some roll throughs and see, you know, how it played out. Maybe the first one they, cause they did break out the med flags in the, the first red flag, the second main. Yeah. Um, and so, like, they, you know, they, hey, roll through. This is what you got to do. And I think it was clear, hey, yeah, this guy's really hurting. Like right. we, get, we get to get him out of here. Fine. That, that first restart, I will give them all the props. That second one was just completely unnecessary. The
1: the first restart, for those of you who didn't watch the races, was Justin Bogle going down in the first turn after that long, long uh, hole shot. So, it was l- literally going into the turn. He got but there was a, a bunch of riders that got bunched up and he got thrown off of his bike, basically going 60, 65 miles per hour. And uh, I'm I'm not sure. Again, I haven't looked at the injury reports yet to see what happened to him, um, but he went down really hard. Um, and that one was, uh, it was called for, but again, he was right there on the side of the track. And uh, I feel like they should have... It, it didn't seem like they were doing any type of an initial assessment on the riders to see whether or not they could get them off of the track before they issued the red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one was Bloss. Um, it was a wrist. So, yeah. It was a wrist. It was a wrist for Bogle?
0: No. For, for Bloss. Uh, for blows. Like, he could have gotten up right. and walked but off But what the about track. Bogle? I haven't... I'm looking right now. I haven't found anything. Okay. But.
1: So... So on the first one, it was in the first turn. Um, I don't know what happened to Bogle. We'll find out, see whether or not they could have gotten him off. But I yeah, I agree. They were just trigger happy. And in the second one, Bogle goes off. Bogle goes down. Tomac's out front, and very likely Tomac. Uh, I mean, Roxon was got up into second place before they threw the red flag, but Tomac was out front. So very likely, Tomac probably wins the second one, and in the third one, when Blos goes down, Anderson had just gotten in front of Davalos, and where were Tomac and Roxon when seventh uh, and eighth? Seventh and eighth,
0: I think. Yeah. So right they're way range. far
1: back. It's likely that Anderson, Anderson sets out. sail, and those guys are trying to catch him for the rest of the for the rest of the main, and and then we have a completely different outcome for last night.
0: Yeah, uh, I think—so the red flag's absolutely played a huge, 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 huge part. We've talked about time and again how important starts are in this sport, and when you make them do five starts in three races, uh, it's excessive. I, I would rather have seen—honestly, I don't care if it was in the first turn. I don't care if it was in the first two or three laps. I think they should just go with a stagger start. If they're going to do a restart at any point in the race when riders are past the whole shot— Yeah. Right, right. If you, everyone goes down before the whole shot, <laughs> like the, the, <laughs> fine, whatever. But like once the the main pack of riders is past the whole shot, if somebody is hurt and you need to red flag it, stagger started. Because yep. at that point the start is set. And if you had a bad start, you gotta live with it. Um I find if the gaps get shrunk down, fine, whatever, but stagger start is the way to go because that definitely Tomac had a chance at the better chance at the overall Anderson had a chance at the overall had those restarts not happened so not to take any way, anything away from Ken who looked so good Yeah, like he was so solid he was smooth he was near flawless the entire night and he was definitely the fastest rider on the track up there with Tomac who went second so he went 2-2 second, 2-2 two, two, second. Two, 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 two. and then I think he finished um uh back a little bit in the third one Anderson I took wish the I could second. tell you um, but it wasn't even really close, right? It was those two guys were one two, and like I said, in a track with a really long whip section, Tomac and Roxton have the advantage because right. they are better than everybody else in the field at that. So I mean, my guess is they were gapping the people every time they hit those whip sections. Yeah.
1: And that's probably what was happening. Yeah. Um, and Tomac the,
0: went down in the third in the third main, that's right. He did, um, yeah. So but he salvaged he still salvaged and the I, second actually, overall. Actually, yeah.
1: So. And he had he actually had a pretty good start. I wanna say he started out in like fourth. Yeah, it wasn't he was right
0: up there and then he ended up going down. Yeah. I think it was fourth or fifth. So um I, I just got really frustrated. This is we're not going on the tangent, I promise, but I just all I did was Google Justin Bogle injury. And the first three articles that come up are from April twenty fifth, twenty eighteen, January third, twenty nineteen, february thirteenth, twenty eighteen. And there is literally nothing on the first page of Google results about what happened last night. So um I'm just going to go ahead and say that that's ridiculous, and there needs to be more <laughs> coverage on this. So I'm still unsure and unable to find. I'm sure by the time you guys listen to this, we might have some more news, so hopefully he's okay. Um, and then maybe we'll be a little bit more lenient on whether or not we criticize these red flags. Yeah. I sw- I will criticize that second one all day long. That was completely unnecessary. Let me check the—nope, nothing. All right, nothing. never mind. So uh, that's one that's ridiculous. Oh, maybe they don't want to— Put spoilers out there for people who haven't watched it yet. We are recording this Sunday morning. Oh, that's foresight. Yeah. Uh, good job. Yeah. You planned that one yeah, well. I really did. Oh, this is ridiculous. So I'm, I'm sure by the time you guys listen to this on Monday morning, we'll have some news on Bogle. So I'm going to say this now. If it was a serious injury like we think it is, maybe a broken rib or something like really inhibits his movement, breathing, whatever. Yep, red flag it 100%. If he like dislocated his shoulder or collarbone, get him off the track. Take care of him, obviously. Again, rider safety. But like, he's on the side of the track. Get him off the track. Make him roll through and move on with the race. Yeah. Um, Tomek looked fine, I thought. You know, Going through, like, going through the rest of the reviews, we talked about Roxon looking great. I thought Tomek looked fine. Yep. He didn't quite have the uh, dominant speed that we're used to seeing and that I thought we were going to start seeing after last week.
1: How much of that do you think is because Roxon is just
0: riding so well right now? I think though. it's a big part of it. I think uh, Roxon is the only rider out there that on their two on um, both of them are having their best days. Finally, finally, it looks like Roxon is the one rider that can keep up with Tomac. Agreed, agreed. Because um, look, we've talked about for years when Tomac is having his best day. There has been for years now nobody that keeps up with him. Nobody. On nobody. his best day, if he's if he's riding a flawless race and he's riding his pace, he's gone. Right. Um, we may have seen yesterday Roxen show that he's back. And I've told you, I've been watching these two since they were in the 250s. I've loved this rivalry. I've been waiting for this. Right. What we saw last night for a while. And we, I think we're finally going to get it.
1: Yeah, because I, I, I don't th- – it didn't look like Tomac had a bad day yesterday. No, not at all. But I, I – the thing that I'm questioning is: Did Tomac did you know was he on his best day yesterday, and was it minimized by the fact that Roxon was also on his best day, and his best day is just as good as Tomac's best
0: day? I think if Roxon is really back into full form, and that was yeah, I agree. So I think both of them at their absolute best on their best day are neck and neck because yeah. that's what we saw for their whole careers when they were healthy. Right. So. If that's what we saw yesterday great. I will say Tomac looked really calm and just very cool and collected after the race. Um and he gave all the props in the world to Ken. I think it might've been one of those, like, you know what? Sometimes the track dictates who's faster. Right. You know, sometimes tracks just play better to certain riding styles and stuff. And I think, you know, Tomac maybe knew yesterday was Roxen's day. He had me. He's like, I, I tried. <laughs> he's like, I thought I had him in that first, that first main. And I just, I couldn't make it happen. He was just riding so great. He was fast, but he was very calm when he said it. he didn't look upset. He didn't look like he left anything out on the table. I think, I think he's confident that he can still, um, be the fastest rider out there, especially if the track works in his favor. So, uh if that's what we're gonna get for the rest, the, I said it. If we get Tomac v. Roxen for the rest of the season, one, two, battling it out, that's a damn good season.
1: I agree. Yeah, and then there's other, other things that are starting to shape up now, like uh, Sneaky Anderson, uh, totally under the radar. He's coming up in the points in the points now. Um, he's, he's just always right there. And the thing about Anderson, though is it seems like he's getting faster week after week. And he I'm- also
0: seems to pick it up at the end of races. Too. Right. And now if you look at the Triple Crown as, say if you were to take it as one race, that last main would have been the last third of the race. And he was he was so fast in that last, right. yeah, last third, not so much in the first two. So he always tends to turn it on like, the last like quarter of a race. Right.
1: Like I say, it's like, he's waking up from his hangover. (laughs) Um, and it just takes time. Just, he's going to get there. It just takes time. Right. But, um, yeah, he's just been really sneaky. He seems like he's getting faster. And, um, and he, he kind of alluded to it in his interview with Will after the, the third main, he was like, we'll see if I can, you know, get in there and upset one of these guys, one of these times. And I don't, I am not going to count that out. I think he's eventually he's going to get he's going to steal one or two if, uh, if he keeps trending
0: the way that he's going. Yeah, and I wouldn't even call it a steal because if Anderson wins, that's kind of expect he has the ability to win any one of these Obviously. races. Obviously. Yeah. Um I do think that if you would so we, we were just talking about Rox and Tomac on their best days, I think that if Roxanne and Tomac are on their best day riding the way they can ride flawlessly and Anderson is also doing that, I still think he's third out of those three. I agree. Um, I would agree with that. So to win one, he's got to have one. You know, Tomac gets his typical bad start. Maybe Roxon is not quite having the same type of groove that he gets. Because Roxen is very gro- a very groove-oriented rider. Right, when which is why he needs in- to be up front. Right. If he gets into his groove, he's very difficult to catch. He's difficult to pass. And, man, is he fast and smooth. If he needs to um, push a little bit or if he doesn't maybe not find that groove, maybe he's fighting the track a little bit, he's fighting the bike a little bit, that's when you'll see him kind of slink back a little bit, hang out in like fourth or fifth. Anderson can steal and win on one of those days. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, But it needs to be one of those days because if Tomac and Roxanne are are competing with each other, they're going to start leaving everybody in the dust. Right. Uh, Another honorable mention. (sighs) Bam Bam is...
1: On skates, skating backwards right now. Uh,
0: I think the uh, Bam Bam bandwagon may have lost a tire. Uh, It is slowly grinding to a halt because I cannot get on the bandwagon anymore. (laughs) And it's not like he's doing terrible, but it's just, it's back to being a mediocre tier two level rider as opposed to seeming like he had jumped to tier one. Right. And I'm wondering what
1: happened here. Um, I I, I don't know if he. I don't know. Just. I don't know, wore himself out after the first two weeks. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I don't know if he's still sick, uh, bike problems, whatever it is, but, um, he's still third in the points overall for the season. He's, uh, 11 points back from Roxen. He's only three points back from Tomac. So he's very much, he's definitely not out of it. Um, but, no, but he has to turn it he around. Has he has to, to, to turn it down. around.
0: He has to start performing if he wants to stay in that hunt. So I said last week this was a defining race for Barsha yeah because we gave him the sick pass last week, right um, For me, this is the one that told me does he bounce back, does he fight and does he compete back for that red plate again or does he revert to you know is it after midnight and the pump you know the carriage turns back into a pumpkin and he goes back to being the barcia we've seen over the past few years and unfortunately what I saw yesterday was no fight, no aggressiveness. Um not great speed and I think that Barsha may be turning back into a pumpkin.
1: Yeah. I mean he's he he took fifth last night.
0: Which, which is, is where you would expect Barsha to be, yeah, I think at this point. Because
1: really when you when you kinda analyze this, you have your your top pack. Which for last night, because they were shorter races, you could see the top pack. It was completely separate from the rest. From the rest, And it was um, because for most of the races, Webb really didn't show up. Uh, two out of the three races, Webb right. didn't really show up. It was six riders. Um, and uh, Baggett didn't really show up last night either. Um, so it was six riders instead of eight riders. And there was like, you know... Two, three, four second difference between the first, the top six. And then there was like a 20 second drop off from sixth to seventh. And yeah, uh, exactly what you said. Barsha is in that top group, but he's at the bottom of that top group. You know, he's.
0: I just think he's. And he's moving backwards. He's moving backwards. Yeah. And uh, he needed to bounce back yesterday. He did not. He still has a chance to bounce back. He can obviously still turn it around. It's still a long season. He's still right there. He put himself in a really good spot those first couple of races, but he needs to turn it on. And I thought this was a defining one. I think the next defining one for him, he's got to take it race by race at this point, and he really needs to start crawling back into it.
1: Yeah, he has to. Otherwise, it's over. Like one, I'm going to say one more week like this where... If he doesn't podium next week, I think I think his championship race is over. I agree. I,
0: I mean, I thought that about this last race, but Triple Crown is a little bit different, so yeah. I'm going to give him one more, one more benefit of the doubt. But that's that's the thing, though. You would think that the Triple Crown would
1: work into Barsha's favor because of his riding style.
0: Maybe. He just didn't have it. I, I just, just don't think he it. had it yesterday. So, I mean, give him one more regular race race. Um, you get one more benefit of the doubt, Bam Bam. I wanted to get on the bandwagon, but the wheels are starting to come off, buddy.
1: Let, let's talk about the bandwagon of bandwagons right now. Adam Cianciarulo.
0: <sighs> he's a rookie, and he's doing rookie things. I know, <laughs> but my
1: goodness. All of you out there who just thought that Cianciarulo was going to be the the second coming, you know I don't want to say...
0: I, <sighs> No, say it. Were wrong, Come on, say but... it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> you deserve it. You earned this one. You've okay. been on because I was on that bandwagon at the beginning, too. I, I just
1: didn't see it. I mean, uh, and he's still he qualified first. Again, he's a
0: great qualifier. Um, so that to me tells me that he has the skill and the speed, Right. but that the inexperience on the 450 with these riders isn't there yet. Um, you know, a lot of people point to he was second in the first race behind Bar Show. Um, think about that. It was Barcher and Ciancerulo but that's because Roxon hadn't shown up yet, and Tomac hadn't shown up yet, and Cooper Webb was sick, Anderson hadn't shown up yet. Like all these guys that we're now talking about being competitors hadn't quite arrived in Anaheim 1. Tomac was like eighth or ninth or something ridiculous. Roxen wasn't really pushing. These guys just hadn't started their season yet. And Siencerulo pulled off a second, which means he's great, he's skilled, he's fast. Um and then since then the mistakes after mistakes after mistake, he's getting shuffled back. And when he starts getting shuffled back, I think he starts doubting himself. He starts making more mistakes. Uh, I think he will be a top tier, like top three rider. I don't think it's going to happen this season. No,
1: definitely not. I mean, he's, he, he is getting shuffled back further and further. He's got 71 points. He's in sixth. It's 21 points down from first. Um, I think there is a chance that he does steal one this year. I think there's a there's a shot if we get a, a track that works to to uh that he feels really comfortable on, um there's a chance that he's gonna grab one. But I think this is about where he is going to fall as far as the uh the season standing. Somewhere around the fifth, sixth, seventh. Range. I would say
0: probably seventh because We've already named six riders that, when they're on their game, are better than him right now, are right. faster than him and more consistent than him right now. So I could see him absolutely finishing seventh behind those other guys.
1: Yeah, because you've got—I'm um, behind him right now. So in front of him in the standings, we have Roxon, Tomac, Barsha, Anderson, Webb, and then Cianci Rulo. Um, and then right behind him, you have Brayton, Stewart, Baggett, and Osborne.
0: All right, so he's probably finishing where he is now, I think. I don't think he passes any of the guys ahead of him, but I don't necessarily see the guys behind him catching him.
1: No. Uh I think the only the only one that I think it could have a chance and it's only, and I say only with a big caveat if he can fix the mistakes that he's having is Osborne. Osborne. Um uh, Osborne is in 10th, and I don't think it I don't think his placing right now is indicative of his performance. It's indicative of his finishes, but it's not indicative of his performances because he has been battling it out with the top
0: guys. He could be competing for a top five right now yeah. if he could stay on two wheels. Possibly top sure. three. It, if he, it, yeah. Right. So, um, no, I, I I agree. I think Osborne should probably, you know, hopefully he cleans it up because he has that ability. Ciancerulo, uh might take a year. Yeah. I just... When he is on, he is absolutely in that group of, of top-tier riders. So once you think he figures it out and kind of eliminates those rookie mistakes, he's going to be the person that I think everybody thought he was going to be already. I just, they just hyped up the rookie a little too much, and he's making rookie mistakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, that's what rookies do. Yeah. I mean, we uh, we did it with Jet, too. So Right. Oh, my God. I cannot oh, wait for him
1: to be healthy. Me again, either. And I, I don't think we're alone with that. I think it's industry wide. Yeah. Nobody can wait for Jet Lawrence to come back, and I'm ju- honestly I'm just as excited for to see Hunter start racing in the East as I am for Jet to come back. And start well, you racing. know he's got
0: to light a little bit of fire seeing his brother get all that attention <coughs> and be up you know where he was before the injury, competing right. for wins. So um, that's going to be great. Uh, let's talk about some predictions and our failed predictions from oh, last man. week before we wrap this. This is, this is becoming just a, a, an anxious time in my week. <laughs> I've accepted at this point. At this point, I want to try to do well and then laugh at how bad I do. Um, so – Let's get this out of the way. We both put Heart uh, Heart Raft in the top three. So you put him third. I put him second. You were actually pretty close because um, he finished Missed fourth. it by one, you missed one, it. one point in in one of the mains. I got froggy and tried to put him up in second and just definitely did not happen for me. I had Justin Cooper winning the whole thing. Uh, clearly, that did not work out in my favor. Um, and then Ferrandez third. So had I swapped Ferrandez and Heart, Heart Raft, I would have at least gotten second place. Yep. I dumb... Dumb mistake, leaving Forkner completely off my my podium. Um, but you made the same mistake. <laughs> you had Ferrandis in first, Cooper in second, Hart and Rest. So really, the same mistakes I did. Yeah. Um, and then Moseman came out of nowhere. And Moseman came out of nowhere. I think I, we wouldn't have predicted that even if we were, you know, experts here. I think um, the mistake we're starting to make in the two fifties is just underestimating Forkner. Yeah. Um, I know he's had. Back and forth crashes and stuff, but when he's on, he's probably the fastest rider out there. So, um, probably a mistake I'm not gonna make moving make again. forward. Four uh, fifties, we're fine actually. I mean, I had Tomac and Roxin first and second, um, switched them, and I got you know I nailed it. But I also had Barsha third. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bam Bam. <laughs> Uh, you had Webb winning, so that was your big miss, right? Okay. My big, my big swing and miss was borsha You had Webb winning, swing and miss, but you had Tomac rocks second. Uh, really, the big mistake for us there was just putting Tomac ahead of Roxon, which yep. isn't really, you know, that could have gone either way yesterday. So, all right, so predictions weren't quite as terrible as they have been in. Oh, they've times. been way worse. They've been way worse. Uh, a little too hyped up on Heart Raft. Just in, as far as podiums go, yep. Um, and leaving Faulkner off is dumb. So. I have already written down my predictions for next week. So you go ahead and give me yours and I'll tell you mine and let's not make some dumb mistakes this time.
1: <laughs> show me yours and I'll show you mine. Yeah,
0: that's that's <laughs> how it works, right? <laughs> All right. So doing 250s first? Yeah, let's go 250s first. Give me your top 3.
1: <sighs> We're going into Oakland. I honestly for the for the life of me, I can't think of what the tracks tend to be like in Oakland. Um
0: so it's not Anaheim, so right. the whoops shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> I'm just going to
1: take a shot in the dark here, and I'm going to say Forkner one. Ferrandis two.
0: Do it. Do it. Cooper three. Do- oh, okay. So, in an unsurprisingly safe move from both of us <laughs> this week. Our top 3 are the same minus the order. I have Cooper winning next week. I think he uh I think he he showed in that last main event that he's capable of bouncing back <clears throat> after a rough night in that same night. If he can do that last night, I think he can do that after a week of getting over it and practicing. I I'd, I'd really like to and I think he, he is capable of coming back and stealing another win just to kind of remind everybody, "Hey, I'm still here." Um I have Forkner second cuz right now for me it's those two and uh Ferrandis is a is a quiet third. Okay. Um although I can absolutely see any one of those three winning and any one of those three finishing second and any one of those three finishing third. Yeah, Ferrandis I'm still putting third because of his starts. I think Cooper's great at starting, Forkner's great at starting. So you get those two out front, you have those one, two, and then Ferrandis starts back in seventh, eighth. By the time he makes the passes on the people he's faster than, it's a, there's a good chance Cooper and Forkner run away with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the safe bet, the safe three to go with because they are the best riders out there. Now, if we're talking about season long, um, I think I don't think those are your top three season long.
0: We, 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 I we think put in our hero. I think the hero,
1: three? the the hero start uh, is going to place in the top three, and I think it's because those top three right there. It's just a matter of time. One of them's going to crash out. One Probably of them's gonna. Forkner. Yeah, and maybe even Ferrandis. Maybe even they're there. But one of them is going to crash out of one or two races, and that's going to leave that third spot wide open for heart raft to just coast right into it i'm with it. you buddy i'm with you buddy <laughs> let's
0: let's go hero 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 he's uh, the hero of the day
1: there goes my hero
0: that's my hero not hero of the day hero, i know here's here of the days metallica song no but there goes I, my hero i know Three i'm no know, i'm no <laughs> 450s what do you got <laughs> give it to me 450s. No more triple crown. Back to normal racing next week. Normal racing. <sighs> no cheating. Looking at my answers. I saw you trying to sneak a peek. I
1: honestly, I think, I think the podium is going to be the exact same as it was this this week. It's going to be Roxanne
0: Tomac, Anderson. So we both went pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: play it, play it safe now.
0: I swapped, The trends are
1: starting to lie out. Yeah. it's just it's not fight against.
0: I, I swapped Tomac and Roxon Other than that, we're the same. So I have yeah. Anderson podiuming again. I do think he is starting to come on, and his finishes are great. Um, and my reasoning with swapping Tomac and Roxon is really just that I think these two are going to go back and forth, and I think when one wins, it's going to fire up the other one, and I think Tomac comes back strong. I think he the way he looked post interview, uh, post race interview last night is actually kind of what has me. Despite the fact that Roxon beat him three all three races, there was just something about the way he carried himself post-race that had me thinking he's gonna come back. He just knew, like, okay, it's on, buddy, and he's gonna bring it next week. And when he brings it, if he can get a start, he'll get out there. It's gonna be tough. And I think we're gonna see this all season long. Is these two the guy who gets out front is gonna have the easier time to win the race. And one of these guys is going to have the pace each day. Yep. You know, so I think it's Tomac next week. And that's, that's the only reasoning. It could You could swap those top two for me and I would have, like you did, and I'd have no issues with that. I'm uh switching it up. See, switching it this up. is why I write mine down first. Switching right. it up. All right.
1: Take the top two, shift them down to two and three, and put Anderson at number one. This wow. is going to be the week.
0: This is it, huh? This is that week. Andy rock tomac so you think it's just it's it's his time he's it's that he's up?
1: time he's back it's it's trending in that in that direction um i don't think we're gonna i i don't think we've seen the last
0: winner of the 450s um i don't think we have either i just think that um we're getting into that First, there's usually a few portions of the season where somebody will just kind of steal a few, and they take a few in a row, and you know they kind of have a, f- and then they'll fade back, and then we'll see some different winners. Right. I'm not ready to go there yet, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anderson took this one.
1: All right. Well, mainly it's just because I didn't want it. It, it, it was too safe for me. It's too safe for me. I had to take a gamble. Got to take a gamble. I mean, sometimes safe is smart.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. But there's uh, no
1: consequences here, so I'm not worried about it. Oh, we
0: should have. We should totally have, like, all right, we're going to come up with a point system for these predictions for, like, how many you get right and all this other stuff. And we're going to just start – we're going to start putting some some something down on it. Like, if it's not money, some kind of bet, like well, – we had, we had a game. It was awesome how we had it set but up. But we, we had to do it during the
1: race because it was set up – the way that it was set up, it was –
0: well, we just allowed ourselves to see the heats before we made our predictions. That's right. Um, which was kind of cool because you get a feel for the night on who was feeling it, who looked good, who didn't look good, and all that stuff. And then we'd make our predictions. We're doing this a week ahead of time based on last night's results. Right. So, I mean, it's— <laughs> We haven't even seen the track yet. Right. So, that's it. Those are our predictions for next week. Um, going to Oakland. Back to a little bit of a normal track. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens see. next week. Thanks, are, Ralph. <laughs> are you
1: guys interested? Because I'm interested. I hope you're well, interested you know, because I talk, you're watching.
0: Well, you know, I talked to Roxanne the other day, and uh, you know, he just said he's really excited to go into this race. You know, He's feeling good. He looks good. Bike's good um you know oh dan how about you down there? well you know i talked to tomac in his camp and his engineer said tomac is feeling as good as he has all season (laughs) Uh, thank you for that you know and you know webb looks really good it's gonna be interesting to see how webb finished that that is the entire broadcast dude there's zero broadcast
1: zero insight it's like what was the the movie uh bedazzled yeah with uh good feel good yeah he's he's uh what what's that actor's name uh, Brennan Fraser, Brennan Fraser, Brennan Fraser is the big basketball player who's like, yo, know, you know, we went out there. I think we we look good, play good, feel good. I think we did pretty we good, did good tonight.
0: tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's just the entire broadcast, you know, with the exception of when they go down to Will, who's like, well. I talked to Barsh's trainer, and what they said is that he made some tweaks to his bike. And what he did in practice was a little bit different than what he's been doing, or something along those lines. Right. You're like, wow, that's really insightful. Let's go back over to Dan. Well, you know, uh, Webb's camp said he feels really good tonight. Thanks, <laughs> Webb. It's going to be interesting to see how he finishes. Again, over, and, and then dead air for another 30 seconds. Right. Oh, sorry, I had to wrap it up with a rant that was just that was sitting in there, that was just festering. It was soupy. Do we
1: want to get into the prediction thing that we were talking about before or do you want to do you want to iron that out a little? Let's bit iron more?
0: let's iron it out. Okay. Um we can we can tease. You want to tease? Let's tease. Yeah. We're going to give you guys a chance to jump in on the prediction stuff. Um at some point here pretty soon. We want to know what you guys think before the rates. We'll probably cut it off like Friday night or something, right? Yeah. Take the form down. Um not going to put it up yet. Let's iron out the details. Should we or should we pl- should we pull it down?
1: during the races like let them see the heat races first then we'll pull it down see those are
0: the things started. we get to iron out those yeah. are the things we get to iron out so it's not going to go up yet but we are going to give you guys a chance to jump into the conversation um get get your names and get your predictions and maybe some some questions or something onto the podcast um, by being way better than us. At, maybe that's how we should do it. Never mind if you just do well. you got to beat us. If you right. beat us, we're going to feature you. Yeah, it's like you know, it'll, it'll
1: be our version of are you smarter than a sixth grader? It's, yeah, <laughs> are, are you smarter <laughs> than a couple of dumb podcasters?
0: <laughs> so... Uh, start paying attention. Start making your predictions. You can even start sending them in now if you want just so you can get a feel for it. We can have some really good discussions on social media if you guys want about uh, what you guys think and how your predictions have been going. So um – well, iron out some details, and then maybe maybe after next week, you know, we'll, we'll actually talk about it on the podcast and actually get it rolling because I think it's a good idea. I think people will have some fun with it. I'm having, I mean, I, the reason we do this is because it's fun, right? We I mean, going back next week and be like, "Wow, man, I don't even remember what my mentality was there. Like, how the hell did I have Web winning that race, or you did? Had yeah. Web winning that race, and he didn't even show up yesterday?
1: Yeah, we're lucky nobody's grading these because they'd need new red pens. Yeah
0: running out of ink so get your thinking caps on get your predictions ready i think that's that's going to be coming up here probably pretty soon i think it's one of the easier things we want to do to implement so yeah um plus a chance to get you guys kind of on on to the podcast in some variation in some form i think it's going to be a lot of fun so um i think that does it for this week man you got anything else i think that's about it that's about it thank you guys as always for listening and we'll catch you after oakland next week Peace. Later.